How are we doing on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR Land University Radio. We have another Zoom episode for you guys today, and today I'm joined with Liam Worley, Chris Fortenberry, as always, as well as Charlie, good friend of the show. How are y'all doing today? Doing good. Good, and you? I think we're all doing good so far. It's I'm still getting used to these Zoom things. I have a little microphone, pillow, headset set up here. You guys are all on, on phones, it looks like. Maybe Liam's on a computer, it looks like. Either that or a sideways I phone. am. Yeah. Look no, at Liam. Liam, Liam being all professional there. Yeah, but, um, I'm trying. Charlie, you're uh, you got your head shaved for fantasy football now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah, it suit, suits you really well. Yeah, we're trying to rock it at least. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. Uh, it'll teach you better than to lose next year. That wasn't our that wasn't our league. That was one of y'all's personal leagues with Chris and exactly. y'all, but um. Little golf team league, yeah. Yep. Little golf league. Did the winner? What the winner get? Did they get a big pot of pot of, pot of cash or what? Cash, um, yeah. yeah. There was everyone just put in like five bucks. So. Ah, it's nothing crazy. Nah. Hey, it's still better than having to shave your head, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, the it's loser definitely lost more than the winner game. <laughs> I think that's usually the case with most fantasy football. The loser loses more than the winner mm-hmm. games. But um, Charlie, your team, the Georgia Bulldogs. Pulled off the uh, the victory last uh, last Monday or two Mondays ago. I can't remember how long ago it was now, but uh, won the national championship. And we figured you'd bring you on, have you discuss your uh, your thoughts and feelings going into it. So uh, just kind of walk us through what happened on on Monday, and uh, you know how you were watching, how you celebrated, and etc. I mean, it was a good day. Forty years, forty one years in the making. It felt felt good, but like Kirby said, we're building a dynasty now. We're bringing it. <laughs> We're bringing it to Bama. They were uh, – no, honestly, though, I mean, it was the last four matchups that Georgia kind of had that lead, met, made made you feel good as a Georgia fan, and then Bama would bring it home. I mean, 0-4, I think, in the in recent history. So, mm-hmm. it's about time we, we got them. Felt I mean, good. Relieving. Yeah, I mean, it was More close relieving. the whole game. Like, the whole first half, you didn't see a single touchdown. Uh was there any worry there? I mean, you figured that an offense on either side had to start, you know, putting some points up eventually. And I think the history of the season would probably point to Alabama putting up a ton of points really quickly compared to Georgia. But y'all dropped 20 in the fourth quarter, sealing it for you. So how did that kind of feel? Was there a little bit of worry after halftime or during halftime where uh, you thought you were going to pull it out? Um, you know, I didn't mind that close lead because every other year we seemed like we we're up 14 or 10 or what have you and rooting for them feeling good then getting to the game who knows and then usually Bama takes over so you know that tight game kept me in it and it kept me looking the mm-hmm. let's keep it on them and I think we had that 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 mentality was big losing the SEC championship like that yeah I think that really woke us up they were ready to fight now you're saying you're going to do a dynasty do you really believe that you believe Kirby has it in him to do a dynasty well, like Alabama, I was telling Fornberry the other day we just brought back uh, Nolan Smith mm-hmm. um, and uh, another great recruiting class. I don't know the the weird thing is going to be at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I hear Stetson wants to keep playing, yeah, and that's like a sixth year senior or something. Oh man! But like as a Georgia fan, I don't know if I even I, I feel I just want him to ride out kind of like a you know. Uh, John Elway or something, just ride out this national championship because it's not like 
he's going to be maybe a fourth, fifth round pick in the NFL or maybe an undrafted kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But he's that mentality. If he wants to come back, let's run it back maybe. But then it's also you're looking at um, JT Daniels and if he's going to stay and like what's going on there. So there, that's the kind of controversy right now. So hey, we'll see. Yeah, Liam, I'll talk to you because you're an SEC guy. Do you want another like a Georgia dynasty? We already got. I mean, you already got Alabama to deal with, and as an Auburn fan, you hate both these schools. How that make you? I mean, feel? it's our it's our two biggest rivals. So to me, it doesn't really uh, doesn't really hurt my feelings because I mean, it's practically what I have to deal with already. And I mean, uh-huh. if Georgia's really good every year, still, I mean, they're really good every year already. But if they're considered a dynasty now, like officially, I mean, it doesn't really change anything from us. We're, I mean, we try to play our two best games against Georgia and Alabama every year. Now, whether that happens or not, you know, is to be determined. But I know we put more effort uh, into facing those teams than other teams. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. The whole Georgia dynasty, it's something, it's like, it's like contradictory, you know? It's like, yeah, Georgia's really good, but like, does, do Georgia sports really have it in them to be a dynasty? You don't see it very often. But, it's uh, a stretch. They're on a hot start. Yeah. I think I mean, uh, <clears throat> we'll see. Recruiting class and just kind of guys that think they, I mean, I'm reading more and more people coming back. I don't have the exact names written down, but we also lost some. We'll see. Well, I just doesn't th- have to necessarily be a, a dynasty that's like lasting forever i mean clemson yeah. thought they had a dynasty and we all see where they're at right now so it yeah. could just yeah. be like a little five six year stint but good yeah. enough to win you some championships just like you did clemson this is very true i mean it yeah. could just be a, I mean, like a three four year thing yeah that's very true and i mean technically kirby's still rather younger for the coaching spectrum and whatnot. Yep. So let's say he wants to ride out Georgia for a long time. I mean, he could be there another 20 years easy. I mean, how, old is Kirby, how old is Kirby now? He's probably late 40s, 50 early 50s. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. I think that the way – I think I, I think one of us have mentioned this on the show before, like months ago, but just the way Alabama is, you know, they've been a dynasty for a decade now, and, you know, they're constantly in winning ways. It kind of skews what people believe as a dynasty. Same with, like, the Patriots in the NFL, you know. There had been a dynasty, arguably, for they, it, they were there for 20 years until Brady left. And it's like, oh, that's what a dynasty is. But in reality, oh, a dynasty is like, you know, like you said, Clemson for four years or the Dallas Cowboys for like five years stretching uh, in, in the 90s and the 70s. You know, <laughs> like there's different perspectives of that. And it kind of skews what you think is a dynasty. And yeah, Georgia can have a two, three, four year run of, you know, national championships making it. I mean, you can kind of say already they're like a minor dynasty because it's the second national championship y'all have made in four years. You've made the playoff, like, what, three of the four years or two of the four years, something like that. So you can kind of already argue that maybe you have a mini dynasty, at least in the SEC East, at least, because y'all win it every single year for the last half decade, at least. Well, Alabama's not going anywhere. I mean, we I looked up the betting favorites. They're uh, they're sitting up top again. Georgia right behind. Mm -hmm. Um tight but Ohio State you name it I mean the the guys are gonna the teams are gonna show up normally I mean Michigan was it was a team that was unranked coming back I don't know if who knows with Harbaugh I mean I've heard rumors that he want, might go to like the NFL again so who knows what's going on with Michigan and mm-hmm. the competing it's just been Bama Georgia Ohio State sneaks in and and wins Clemson has had their run who knows but I think it's just kind of it might be Bama Georgia like uh 
Golden State uh, Cavs, you know, four years in a row or something. Oh, my gosh. I can't deal with none of that. (laughs) Um, You better buckle up, Hayden. You better buckle up. I mean, the four-year Cavs thing was at least fun because I could just cheer against the – I had way more – I liked the Cavs way more than the Warriors. I would just cheer for LeBron every year because I couldn't stand the Warriors for some reason back then in, like, early high school, whatever that was, but uh, or early, like, middle school even, high school. But, um, geez, I couldn't do Alabama, Georgia. I mean, that's at least uh, as a, coming from an SEC fan, as a Kentucky fan, I couldn't do that. It's just too. It's not, that won't be the case, Hayden. You, you don't have to worry about that. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like um, monotonous, I guess. I don't know. It, I would just be um, starved of anything from different. I just need something new, you know? Yeah. I went, Mich- I went Michigan, Cincinnati this year, but, you know, that's not going to happen in a shot in hell. It's so. impossible for two teams from the same conference to do it four years in a row. There's just no way it can happen. I don't know. It's if, not going four years in a row, but, I mean, A&M is going to be one of the three teams that's going to ha- be able to give them a run for their money here soon, Ohio State and then USC with Lincoln Riley. I mean, those are the only teams that are going to be able to do anything yeah. about it in the they're, they're- near future. There's going to be what, five what, teams to worry what about. What are we dropping in Columbia, though? I mean, who knows? Until Columbia oh, proves nothing, what, nothing until they prove anything, I don't, I'm not scared of them yet. The Gamecocks are sneaking up on us. I mean, Spencer Rattler's got something to prove probably this year. Yeah, but he could have proved in Oklahoma at a decent school and he didn't do it there. So, I mean, I don't trust it. And then Shane Beamer, he's a decent coach, but um, he did he did a good job with that school this year. And the bowl game against UNC was was – you know, more than most people expected. I think they were like double-digit underdogs in that game too in Charlotte. So that was good on their part. But until I see it, see it, you know, if I, once I see like an eight-win season out of them, I'll be, I won't be scared of them yet. I'm, I guess maybe, nope. maybe that's a bad take, be, but I'm uh, too like, I'm just too biased from their past history so far. I'm like, they've been sucky for five, six years now. I mean, they used to be decent, but recently they haven't. So I can't see it change unless I actually see it. They'll be able to contend with the Kentuckys and the, uh, potentially Auburn, depending on how they're playing. But well, like for the SEC or SEC? It's fun. I mean, well, this, the SEC, do, do they have a shot at the SEC East? Not to win it because no. Georgia's kind of has that in place, but like second place because Florida's kind of down the rafters yeah. now. So there's not, a little bit of an opening between like Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, I guess Carolina now for that second place in the East. Second I mean, place in the East is wide open. So, yeah. I like Kentucky, but that's just me. If it wasn't for Georgia, they would be the SEC least because they're they just – Florida's disappointing. Um, USC's been disappointing. I mean, Vandy shouldn't even have a football program anymore. Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee thinks they're good, but they're not. I mean, where, where do we go from there? I mean, the, that's what the thing is. Like, the West is, like, almost like the uh, West – conferences and other nfl leagues too it's kind of funny like I mean, the west the, strong yeah. yeah that's funny the west is strong and the east sucks that's kind yeah. of how the nfl is too but i mean Auburn well, was the with, worst team in the west last year and they were six and six so yeah with texas and uh oklahoma moving though they're going to be both in the west and we're going to see a reshaping of the conference i mean well yeah it's very I true don't texas yes yes is that is that still going to happen yeah it's said to happen in a few years it's right? supposed to Wait, 2026, what, I believe. What teams are we looking at to go from the SEC West to the East to, you know, counteract those two teams? Well, yeah, that's one of well, either I, Auburn or Alabama will have to move. I think. I'd, I'd say I'd say it's an Auburn. Both. I'd say it's one Alabama school and one Mississippi school. Yeah. No, I'd say it's probably both Alabama schools and then maybe a, a Mississippi school because I think they're going to try to move Missouri back to the West. 
that's maybe i mean they probably they, they should be in the west um well missouri yeah. missouri was a, used to play against texas and oklahoma a lot didn't they they yeah, were they were, big, they were a big 10 before they moved the sec like a decade ago big, like they came in 2012 big 12, big 12. Big 12. yeah big, my, they, my bad when did they come in the sec they need to switch names well, they're about Dude. to be. Well, the Big Twelve is about to be like a, a smaller one. They're gonna get, you know, they're getting like, who are they getting? Like Houston, USC, uh, Cincinnati, of, Cincinnati, UCF. So, yeah, that's what I meant. Hey, UCF, not USC. Y'all yeah. need to join the Big Ten. You're right below Ohio. Just come on up. No, I'm fine right now in the SEC because we're just stealing all Michigan and Ohio's recruits right now, and they're all pissed at us. <laughs> so I mean, I'm sitting. I mean, Kentucky's in a and great basketball. spot. We're getting yeah, I'm about to say. Are you stealing our two and a half stars that we're missing out in football, or who are you taking? Now, the Michigan State head coach was beefing with uh, with with uh, who was it on the Kentucky staff? I can't think of it. But they were beefing like a few days ago because they were mad that we were they were making like some some funny shots at us because we were stealing all their recruits. It happened. Mel Tucker. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I mean, you can Google it. I can't remember what it was. One of our. I can't think. Who's of y'all's who y'all's best recruits? Did y'all get a five star? Um, I think we. Did we got a really good O lineman out of Ohio? Oh, Kiana Goodwin. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the one he did steal from us. He might have been the highest rated one we got. Let's see, we're number twelve in overall recruiting. Um, we got one five star, which is him, and then we got uh we got seven four stars, um, or eight four stars. Excuse me. Yeah, y'all, y'all just need to join the Big Ten. Get out of the SEC. Yeah, A and M has the damn three of the top ten. That's crazy. Yeah, AM's really recruiting right now. Yeah. Player rankings, recruiter rankings. Yeah. I don't know. Big Ten's I don't know. What's 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 the worst side of the Big Ten? Is it the West or the East, or how are we all organizing? Well, it's um I think it's the West. Is the it's worst. the one you were complaining about like two episodes ago because Iowa won it or something. And it's like it's yeah. Iowa and then like Nebraska and, and nobody. Well, yeah, you got like Illinois. Iowa, Wisconsin, um, Purdue on the other side. Yeah, and then one and then has Michigan, Michigan Ohio State. State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State on, I yeah. believe, the East. Yeah, that's just the SEC West versus East. You know, it happens. It happens. Yeah. But uh, if you're on the weak side, you might as well be thankful for it and take advantage of it because it means Kentucky can just get 10 win seasons like nothing. Exactly. And then people underestimate us. We go to Iowa and we uh, and we beat them in the Citrus Bowl and we're proud of ourselves. We're very proud. <laughs> but um, Charlie, let's talk on JT Daniels. You know, um, didn't didn't play in the national championship game. Even there was a lot of people calling for it after the. Uh, the first half and the teams of the lackluster offensive performances. There's rumors that he's going to enter the transfer transfer portal soon. Do you see that happening or, and if you do, where do you think he's going or do you think he's going to stay? So he's already a transfer and I think it's just up to Stetson, what he does. I think Mm. he wants to be a dog. If Stetson moves on, I think he could still even beat him out in his job. If he looks better in the offseason. I mean, who knows? I mean, I think he's, um, he could also just be preparing and he could be one of those guys that just with unlucky with injuries and just go to the draft, honestly, and just say hell with college football. But I think he's got a lot of incentive to stay in college football, especially when you, with the paying opportunities. So I think JT will find a way to play somewhere, especially how easy, how easy it is to transfer nowadays. It's mm-hmm. more like college football is like turning into more of like a business kind of deal. Yeah. So I feel but what is he going to do? Go back to USC? Like, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I think I want him to stay. I think he's got a lot of talent. He's got that deep ball threat. What Stetson, he gained a little momentum in that deep ball threat. But 
his seems like his arm is going to win more games where Stetson won more games running the ball. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a tough decision. I mean, a lot of guys have been heading out West. You know, you saw Bo Nix go to Oregon, and then uh, there's been a lot of USC talks. I don't know if he's going to fly out there. And you mentioned the NFL draft, which is an interesting thing I hadn't thought of yet. But I don't know if he'd have much draw there. He just, you know, he just doesn't have enough college experience, I feel like. That that's an unfortunate thing because I think he's a great talent and he's got to just show mm-hmm. it somewhere, stay healthy. But no one's gonna play him if he's an injury kind of prone guy. So that's the thing with football, you know, next man up always wins. It's like yeah. Tom Brady. Just mm-hmm. get right to play. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what does the peanut gallery think you two? Uh, I think JT is gonna go back out to Cali somewhere. Cali? You think USC? UCLA? No, I think. I think UCLA or Cal. All right. All right. Uh, I know he's from California, but to me, if he was able to come, to, if he was willing to come to Georgia, then he's really not um, scared to be away from home. So I, I, I could see him staying in the SEC. Um, Cause like I, like I told y'all before, I think uh, there was a major falling out between JT and Kirby. That's why mm-hmm. no matter what he did, he was never going to play anyways. Yeah. Um, so he's not, he's not coming back. That's I already I know that for sure, and I think he's gonna probably go to the uh, another SEC team. Somebody who's looking um, could be a one year stint with Ole Miss. Could What's be the, be a double transfer, Chris. So isn't that huh? like a what? Isn't that a year off? Um, he's gonna you be a. I don't think you miss a year anymore. Yeah, might not. That? Might have to look but, that up. Um, I think he he'll, he'll go somewhere that's gonna kind of be able to contend mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think i think Ole miss would be a decent fit for him with lane whether they get jackson dart or not he's yeah a- well i don't really know of his status like how good of a quarterback he is or not yeah i mean usc didn't really do jack diddley this year so yeah which we'll find out you know if that was a coaching issue or not because yeah, they're about they're primed to have a big year coming up. So, and there's people already putting they in, are. like in their preseason rankings, top ten, top. I mean, there's a few like top sixes out there, top fives. They're putting USC in. And, They'll uh, be there. I mean, sure. you, they I, will. You really think so? That there's nobody yes. in Pac-12. There, there's literally they're, nobody. They're disappointing though. It's like trying to put Texas in the top ten when it starts, or Miami. It's like, see, see, to me, this whole USC situation just quite, screams Texas at me. I don't know why. It just screams Texas. It screams seven and five disappointing season. It does. No, there's no chance. Lincoln Riley is too good of a coach to go seven and five. He did it at Oklahoma, and he's going to do it again at USC. He's going to have a high-powered offense. He may not have a defense, but he's going to find a way to win football games just like he did at Oklahoma. They should have lost probably five games this past year, and they didn't. He's going to do the same thing at USC. There's nobody in the Pac-12 that can hang. Oregon just lost their coach, so they're going to be in rebuild mode. Utah is average at best. Blew a lead to Ohio State in a game they clearly should have won. And it's it's going to be USC ruling the Pac-12 and out west, just like they used to. But it won't be the same team. But still, they'll be good. Yeah. Well, I'm on let's, Chris's side for this argument. Well, let's jump into. Let me hear. I want to hear what you guys have for your. Um, we, we were going to do some top five. Uh, our top five preseason rankings uh, between me, Chris, and Liam. Charlie, feel free to jump in if you have it at yeah. the end. Uh, whatever you got. But I want to hear you too because you seem pretty high on USC, and I'm wondering if y'all are balls enough to put them in your preseason top five. Okay. So we got about 15 minutes, 12 minutes left in this segment. So uh, let's just hear it. I'll start with Liam. You're at the top of my screen right now. Top five, go one to five, five through one, whatever you're feeling like. 
Uh, I'll go one to five, and uh, I'm going to start with Alabama just because of their pedigree. I mean, they got their uh, key piece on offense returning Bryce Young, and I mean, yeah, they'll they still have a good recruiting class, even though they're not number one. Uh, two, I'm going to put Ohio State. Uh, three, I'm going to put Tech. I'm going to put Georgia. Okay. Four, I'm going to put A and M. And then five, I'm going USC. Three um, SEC. Three SEC schools. So yeah, Alabama, Georgia, A&M. Well, well, I just think A&M and their recruiting class and how Jimbo's shaping things up there, I think they're going to be really good uh, this year. I mean, we'll definitely see an increase from last year, even though they beat Alabama and whatnot. But mm-hmm. instead of eight and four, they'll probably end up like having one or two SEC losses and – they probably won't end in the top five, but they'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Hmm. What's the, who's their um their quarterback? Because obviously they lost um, what's his name to Auburn, but Max get, Johnson transferred there. But I'm sure they'll have there, someone gotcha. beat him out of uh beat him out of the job. Yeah, who knows? But uh, yeah, that's the LSU guy who uh, yeah, I remember him. Um, yeah, Chris, what do you feel in top five? Um, mine's pretty similar. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with um Bama number one. Uh, you can never doubt Nick Saban. He's just he's he's the best coach of all time, and uh, it's just who he is. He's gonna have a winning football team regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm and they like like Liam said, they have Bryce Bryce Young coming back, who is pretty good at winning football games, as we can tell. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Bama one. Um, I think Ohio State is my two. Um, Shocker. Obviously, they have the we had the number one offense last year. We are returning some major pieces. We saw what uh, Jackson Smith and Jig was able to uh, to do in that offense in the bowl game. So, and Ohio State is going all out on defense. Completely cleaned house on the staff. Just about brought in the uh, reigning defensive uh, coordinator of the year uh, winner in um, Jim Knowles. So I'm excited for what the defense is going to be able to do. So I'm going to have them at two. Um, three for me is probably Georgia because of the um, what they were able to do this past year. Kirby Smart is going to reload again with the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not high on their offense and don't really think that it's going to be able to win them any games. So we're going to see how long their defense can hold them and save them next year, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, number four, I'm going to have USC. I think they play a pretty simple schedule, and um, I don't see them having any problems. They're going to be loaded with talent, and it's going to show. And then number five, uh, this one's a tough one for me. I think A&M is going to be a great football team, but I don't think next year is going to be their their year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ride with um, with Notre Dame at, okay. at five. Uh, that, I think. Fair. Yeah, I think they. Um, they're always they always sneak in there. I don't know don't know how, but uh, they do. They have, they now have a coach. I think that the whole team can really get behind in Marcus Freeman. I think every player just absolutely loves him, and they're gonna try their just darndest to make sure they win that guy some football games. And they've really done well with uh, hiring staff members, um, especially on the defensive side. And they're really trying to build something there. So I, I like them at number five. All righty. I don't know. 
I'll say what mine is and then we'll go to Charlie. But um, I think our top three, everybody is pretty similar. Um, different order, but same teams. I'm going to go just because of my personal opinion, I'm going with Georgia number one, just because in my eyes, it's always national champions should be number one until they're proven wrong. You know, I think it's they do something similar with like college basketball and um, college football, I think should follow that route. I get Alabama's probably the number one coming team coming back in after they've reloaded, but Georgia should stay number one until you lose it and uh, or prove themselves that they're not worth it. So I'll keep Georgia number one. Alabama will be on number two. Obviously, um, returning the Heisman Heisman winner, Bryce Young. He's going to be hungrier than ever after the disappointing loss in the, uh, the national title game. And Nick Saban, best coach ever, arguably. So you keep him in there as well. And, um, you know, 13-2 season, pretty good. Lost in the championship, is, which is, you know, below their expectations. But they'll be back into it next year. Number three, Ohio State as well. Instant classic win in the Rose Bowl. Like Chris, I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but Chris, you know, you mentioned uh, Smith and Jigba. Uh, CJ Stroud are coming back. Obviously, you lose uh, Garrett Wilson and, and uh, Chris Olave to the draft, but uh, it's a deep wide receiving core. We've always had good receivers, and uh, hopefully that defense improves. And um, you look to be Big Ten champions again. Ryan Day is not going to lose to Michigan twice in a row, and uh, that was only his first uh, Big Ten conference loss ever as an Ohio State head coach. So uh, I expect probably zero more of those to come after next <laughs> season. So we'll see what happens there. And, I mean, you know. I mean, just talking about that Rose Bowl, 573 yards from Stroud. Uh, was it three, 347? 347, yeah. Yeah, three touchdowns from Smith and Jigba. Just an absolutely insane performance. His stock's going to rise. And if he even, you know, has a decent season next year and goes into the draft, that Rose Bowl is going to carry over for him, you know, all the way into the NFL. So people are going to yeah. be remembering that performance. So I'll keep Ohio State three. Four, I'm going to go with uh, with Texas A&M surprise it's kind of like a trendy pick right now who knows if they're going to end up uh, end up there I like Liam's prediction where they're going to be a uh, a New Year's Six team but maybe not like a top four playoff team next year I think that's probably the case they probably drop a couple games disappointing number one recruiting class um, they did a pretty good job there Jimbo Fisher is looking to have another successful year after coming off this Alabama victory and um, number one overall recruiting class like I said Max Johnson we touched on coming in from LSU to hopefully maybe win out that quarterback job and um, receiving core. They got, they got a lot of returns and uh, the defense should be topped here in the sec up on the upper echelon of that as well. And then number five, I'm going to go with a new name. We haven't mentioned yet Michigan. Um, sorry, Chris, but um, you know, it was one of the best seasons ever um, a few years ago after 2020, we saw that uh, Jim Harbaugh was on the hot seat and now he's looking pretty good in that Michigan role. There is rumors of him leaving. And there was even people saying that the Cowboys should hire him if they fire Mike McCarthy, but hell to the no on that one because uh, he's just the Mike McCarthy of maybe not Mike McCarthy, Michigan's basically the Dallas Cowboys of college football. So I would say no on that one, but their first college football playoff appearance, um, they lost disappointingly 34 to 11 to Georgia, the eventual champions, but as well, you know, they beat Ohio state and that's a successful season in their book and won the big 10. So uh, it was a big year for them, big year for them. You give them a little pat on the back uh, as a little brother to Ohio state. And I'll put them at number five in my preseason, but um, we'll see how, we'll see how good they do. In this upcoming year but yeah that's my top five how are you feeling charlie yeah just thinking about it real quick i think everyone could agree with at least three locks at least i mean i yeah. can't i can't put a state out of it i can't put alabama out of it i can't put georgia obviously out of it so at least the top five um to go from there George, like, like, I mean, this is unbiased too. I always thought the same way. I mean, you put the champs up top and you start them there until other proven otherwise. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree with that too. 
I mean, you just, it's just kind of a system. What I think the AP will do or the preseason, like, I think it's going to be Georgia, Georgia, Bama. And I can see them sneaking A&M there just to be like, oh, or like a Clemson in the top five just to be like, oh, they're not going anywhere. Um, so then Ohio State would probably follow Georgia, Bama, Ohio State. Four, I would throw in. I mean, fours, four and five are flip. I like the uh, the Notre Dame theme because they're always like a five or a six. Yeah, they're always just like that. Eh, they, they're are. good, but not like they're like not they're, top tier, but they're like top of yeah, the second tier. Their first game of the season next year is Ohio State, right? And is we'll it? See. Wow. I can That's see. fine. They can start 0 and 1 and then do all the rest. <laughs> I'm going to throw Oregon at five. Because Georgia plays Oregon week one. So that's a. It's a test for Georgia. I mean, it's not like, oh, a cakewalk, like easy first week. Like you still got to show up and play football. So if mm-hmm. Oregon wins that game or even plays a close game, then that's going to be like, okay, look at them. So I would throw Oregon maybe in like a, a five that no one else mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, it sets Oregon's up a decent pick. Yeah, I mean, it sets up a top five matchup week one of the season. So that's always a fun thing for uh, and Oregon for, like, just got to do. Coordinator. Mm-hmm. And they got Bo Nix. Yeah, yes, sir. Electric matchup. <laughs> hey, man, Bo Nix beat Georgia one time. He did, yeah. And Oregon beat Ohio State one time. So they did. <laughs> so a lot. I'm excited for that one. Um, and Notre Dame plays who, did you say, week one? Ohio State. So we got Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Oregon, Georgia week one. That seems pretty tasty. I like it. You know, I wish Kentucky would do the same, uh, you know, play a decent team to help us out. But now we'll play uh, Louisiana Tech or someone stupid week one. And Don't worry, like, y'all playing playing somebody dumb. Early. Who are y'all playing, like Colgate? I, no, I, I wish, man. <laughs> uh, I think it's – we're playing like Georgia State or something pretty early in the uh, season. The like our first three games are – Isn't that the team that almost beat y'all? Yeah, didn't they almost beat no. you No. Okay, yeah. maybe it isn't Georgia State. <laughs> I think we're playing Akron again. We're playing like a MAC team, a Sun Belt team, and then we're playing like Alabama State or Alabama. Play Penn you know? State. Uh, I think we're playing a little bit later in the season this year compared to what we did last year. Are the, are the schedules out already? I, it's got to be within. The oh first yeah. three or four games. All right, here, wait, wait, two seconds. I got Auburn's schedule. No, the whole. Oh. All right, we did this. We did this last uh, at the beginning of the year. Liam, let's let's hear it. Let's hear your record going in. You know, oh, Mercer, baby. All right, come on. Week one, Mercer, who you got? Uh, Dub. Dub on Mercer. All right, week two, San Jose State Spartans. Dub. Penn State, Nittly, Nittly Lions. You're doing the uh, the home and home? Uh, this one's in yeah, Auburn. It's in are. Auburn this year. I think I think we can win this game. Yeah? Yeah. All right, so that's 3-0 starting off. Mizzou Tigers. Yeah, that's 4-0. LSU Tigers. Um... It's five, at home, so I'll go five. Start out, start out with five straight home games, and you're visiting Athens. Yeah, no, that's five and one. Visiting the Rebels. Old five Miss. and two. You're at home against the Razorbacks after your bye week. This will be a – oh, it's after our bye week? Then we yeah. might be able to win this. But Arkansas is going to be like another top 10 or top 12 team this mm-hmm. year. Very so true. We'll see. The Mississippi State at Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, that doesn't. I don't feel good about that one. So that's a cheeky loss right there. A little surprise. Yeah. Upset. Arkansas and Mississippi State are going to be tough games for us. So that's what's hitting you at what five and three. 
or five and uh, four? Five and four. All right, so you win five straight, you lose four straight. Then uh, you get the Aggies. <laughs> yeah, then lose five straight. It'll be similar <laughs> to what we did this year. Then you end with the Hilltoppers and Crimson Tide. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's 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 another six and six season in the firing of Brian Arson. And then, <laughs> and then I love how in this little schedule it puts the SEC championship at the end, just in case Auburn ends up going there. You know, it just gives you a there at the end of your schedule. Hey, so. man, we've made it like. <laughs> A few times in my lifetime, I think four or five. So we're banking on six straight wins, four. six straight losses. <laughs> five, well, five wins. 2010, right? And then uh, yeah, 2010, 13, 17, and then back in 04. Yeah, I know oh. we did. Who's Kentucky? Kentucky's schedule's easy as crap again, but that's what ours be hard. If we cool. somehow go undefeated. Uh, for our schedule, then you you should seriously watch out for us. Why do we always insist on playing Florida like second game of the year? Like just play it in the SEC like any normal school. But, yeah. Oh well. I'm seeing uh, one, two. Who do we get out of the SEC West? We got Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Great, we're just playing in Mississippi. Um, yeah, I see maybe two, three, four losses. I'd say at least eight or nine wins for us if we're lucky. We play Notre Dame. Wisconsin, Michigan State, at Penn State, Iowa, and Michigan. So yeah, uh, thirteen and zero Big Ten champs, right? If if we are able to pull that off, then I, we're we're going to be a good team. Ryan Day, best coach oh, for sure. Because the, all those teams like to give us problems. So. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for y'all, Chris. I don't want to see an SEC school win. I mean, it does help our, you and our me reputation, both, but I'm cheering for Ohio State this year. Screw it. Honestly, I'm mm. oh, sorry, Liam. Go ahead. Do y'all play Purdue again? Are they in your area of the Big Ten? That's um, a, mark that one right on your. We calendar. will not play them. <laughs> Who okay. Sigh really? Well, Sigh I, I didn't know if they were in the same side of your conference or not, but no. Uh, yeah, um, if y'all can stay strong and fit throughout the season, especially towards the end, I mean, I can see y'all maybe faltering one game at most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just if like I said, if we're able to go undefeated, then I'm thinking. I'm getting 2019 vibes team wise, and hopefully it can become a better result. But yeah. Yeah. We'll wait and see. But uh, we'll go into a quick, quick break on this one and we'll get into our next segment in the NFL and game picks following. Talk about some playoff games, talk about the Cowboys' loss and, uh, and some other things. Charlie here to talk about his Eagles and their loss to the Buccaneers and the future of the Philadelphia franchise coming up. But guys, uh, remember to follow us on social media at Off the Bench XLR. Keep up with all of our stuff in this weird period of Zoom episodes as we get our radio station on campus fixed up and ready for the rest of the semester so just follow us on social media at off the bench xlr we are on instagram twitter facebook youtube and tiktok primarily instagram though so follow that and keep up with posts on the show including game picks quotes and video clips from these episodes also remember to follow our podcasting network you can find us on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen just look up off the bench or follow the link tree link in our instagram bio to listen to this episode as well as all episodes from the previous three seasons of Off the Bench. Again, that is Off the Bench on all major podcasting platforms. Listen to this one song and we'll be right back with some more NFL talk. Hey, 
And we are back here on Off the Bench. My name is Hayden Joyner, joined with Chris Fortenberry, Liam Worley, and guest Charlie here today on the show. We just finished talking about college football, college football, our top five rankings for the preseason, and a little bit of talk on Georgia and the national championship. But now the NFL playoffs are going on, and uh, some crazy stuff were happening last week. Wild card weekend, super wild card weekend came and went last weekend. Uh, we saw six games across the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and all home teams won except for one, which meant Chris only won one game because he picked all home games. But the one team that didn't win their home game was the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, of course. Um, I'll, I'll, get to, I'll get to you three first since I'm the fan and I'll hold myself to the end. But um, the Cowboys for Niners game was probably the most competitive of all the games. Obviously, we saw big blowouts between the Bills and the, and the Rams and the Buccaneers. We'll get into the Eagles game as well with Charlie later on. But uh a lot of games, four of the six were blowouts. And then the Cowboys 49ers, Bengals Raiders were a little bit closer, but uh, the Cowboys 49ers was definitely more controversial and newsworthy. So uh, what did you guys see watching this game? What was your kind of overall opinions on the Cowboys being a first round exit this year? Like many, many haters predicted. I think it's very funny and very predictable of them. I agree. You can't really be the haters when the Cowboys are – the team you all watch it's out like, for yeah can they can they be boys. haters can they be haters when they're right does it really is it does, are the haters so, at that point i don't know i just keep reading all these memes or whatever it is the boys they lose playoff games that's what they're known for in the last 25 years mm-hmm. they're they're like uh one of the worst playoff percentages in the nfl except for like the lions who are point zero zero zero. yeah I think, I think i saw like in the last the Chags or what? I don't know yeah. who it was. Blake Bortles has won more playoff games than, than Dak, the yeah. Cowboys. He's won more than Dak. He's won more than, or who's won more than Dak? Garoppolo's won more than Dak. Bortles has won more than Dak. Tannehill has. Yeah. Um, or Cousins. Case Keenum probably has too. I think he had to have won two, two that <laughs> year. Nick Foles has more. Um, I mean, it's anybody that has more than two. So anybody that like at least made it to a championship game definitely no, has it. MVP, bro. <laughs> He had a shot there for the first couple of weeks, but anyway, uh, it kind of fell off. But no, 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 MVP for the game. Oh, MVP, <laughs> MVP. I love how that's turned into a joke with Trubisky last year and now Dak, how it basically just goes to the losing quarterback. Yeah. It even says it, if you didn't see it, it says it on his pro football reference page, like on that official website. It says MVP as an award he's won. Which wow. Is just so LOL. Stupidly, stupidly funny. It's like in 100 years, NFL historians are going to look back and be like, what's that? What does that mean? <laughs> Like, why is even, they're going to use it in arguments of like who's a better player. Like, oh, yeah, Brady's great, but why doesn't he have an MVP? What's what's that? Award? <laughs> you know, <laughs> why is Mitch Trubisky and Dak Prescott have it? And next year, who knows who we'll see? It's got to be an AFC quarterback, I guess, because we've done NFC games two years in a row. But um, anyway, this game, uh, the Cowboys lost twenty three to seventeen uh, to end out their season in the wild card round, losing to the number six seed San Francisco 49ers as they were the number three seed. Um. As a Cowboys fan, I don't even know where to start for this game, honestly. I mean, to put it simply, the Cowboys beat themselves. They weren't prepared for this game at all. Blame Mike McCarthy, blame the coaching staff, blame Jerry, whoever you want to blame, Dak, I don't care. The Cowboys were simply just not prepared for this game. They didn't come into it ready. They didn't look ready. And um, that was kind of the case right at the get-go. I mean, you, you saw the 49ers took the opening kickoff straight down the field, scored a touchdown. It was a long drive, uh, a lot of Debo, a lot of uh, – of a running game and, and Garoppolo made some good throws every now and then like he's used to and the tickets right down the field and I was kind of like eh, I'm not worried yet because you know the first drive is always scripted it's it's planned out weeks in advance so that's kind of what they were going off of but 
I wasn't super worried then, but then as soon as Dallas comes out on the field and we go three and out, I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of these games. Like it was immediately reminding me of like the Arizona game, of the Denver game. I was like, this is just not going to go well. The boys are 100% sitting at home crying because of one person and one person only, and that's Mike McCarthy. I mean, true. they weren't motivated. They had four, they're the most penalized team in the NFL, I think. Yeah, they already like, were, the and they top. had the most penalties of any team in the wild card round. And penalty yards, it's like they're second to whoever. Probably the Raiders. Yards. It's us and the Raiders are just like, we just flip-flop first and second. And, and all so you got 14 metrics. penalties in a playoff game. You had that last play call of the game. You have a team that didn't look motivated. Like you said, this was not a Bill Belichick team. This wasn't a, even you, Kyle Shanahan's now proven himself to be a really good coach in the NFL. I mean, um, all the young guys now that are, I mean, Bruce Aaron, this was like a Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers, like get the hell out of here. You're the problem. You're the reason why this team's sitting at home. I, you, they got to let him go. I mean, Jerry Jones is an idiot. Well, what came out today was that Mike McCarthy was meeting with um, with execs for the Cowboys, and he came out of it saying that the conversations were very, very positive. So, yippee Kaye, we're keeping Mike yeah. McCarthy. Well, I mean, he he got you a what twelve and five season? Twelve and five, yeah. You know, any of those wins, he had the talent. That's like the Cowboys every year; they got the talent, they just don't put it together. I I think I truly think the problem is is Dallas is trying to be a team that they are not. You need to stop pretending like Dak is – I mean, he's a great quarterback, but you can't put the whole team on his shoulders and expect him to bail you out every game. It's not going to happen. You have yeah, a problem. throwing 50 guys, passes every ball game is whack. Yeah, you guys have always been a running football team, and for some reason, Dallas has completely said, F the run game, we're not going to try and establish anymore. I mean, well, you, your team is probably one of the worst run-blocking <laughs> offensive line I've, I've ever seen. You have well, defenders getting back it there the like, it's, like it's nothing. And it used to be so good. And it's like they only know how to pass block. I mean, mm-hmm. even Pollard struggles uh, on occasion behind that behind that line. So it's not a matter of who the running back is. Plus, you have Zeke playing through a torn PCL, which I just found out about. Yeah. And, you know, you got Trayvon Diggs, who's given up the most yards uh, by any corner in the, in, in the, in the NFL. He's obviously not history. a great cover corner. I mean, he, yeah, he can get picks, but if you're a guy who just makes picks and you don't know how to cover, put him at safety. There's no reason you should be trying to guard wide receiver once when you don't know how to cover. You know, I mean, it's, it's Dallas doing dumb stuff like that. All pro. Trying to hide and be somebody they're not. I mean, I'll get into this, right? There's, I mean, there's a ton of different points to point at, and I'll, and I'll stick with the San Francisco game for now, and then I'll get into kind of the overarching problems this entire season. But what San Francisco did on Sunday to kind of neutralize Dallas was exactly what any team that's has, you know, a head coach worth of crap has been doing since about week seven, eight, whenever we played Denver. Once we played Denver, coaches kind of figured out what to do against Dallas. And the way Dallas has been running their offense all the beginning of the season, that was giving, you know, people were – you know, praising Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy and Dak for the jobs they were doing. And rightfully so, they were doing a good job at the beginning of the season. But a lot of our offense stems from very vertical routes, very up and down comeback routes, um, not a lot over the middle, not a lot of motions and slants. There was a bit of that filtered in at the beginning of the season, which was why we were successful. If you look at the first half versus second half of our year, you know, Kellen Moore was shifting and doing a bunch of moves and stuff, pre-snap motion, a ton more in the beginning of the year. 
compared to the end of the year. And afterwards, it kind of uh, dialed down, especially after that Denver beatdown. We got basically 30 to nothing at home before two uh, garbage time touchdowns were scored by Malik Turner. And down the stretch, you know, any decent team that we played, we struggled against, you know, um, the Chiefs, the the Raiders, the the Saints, the, the Cardinals. And we scraped out some wins in a few of those. Most of those were losses. And basically what they were, what teams were doing was, you know, there were accolades and, and stats all the first week, first weeks of the season that Dak was literally unstoppable against the blitz. So what did teams do? You stop blitzing, you stop blitzing and make them you know, throw and, and, and you make them throw. And it's not that Dak was bad at throwing, but the, what you would do was you would, you would apply pressure to four. And if you could get pressure with just, with just a, a four man rush, you were home free because you could allow your other uh, seven guys to sit back and kind of run a zone like a three, four or something. And that was enough to stop Dallas because they were so vertical. If you blitz Dallas and did man to man in the secondary, they'd gash you. It's what happened a ton in the first part of the season. Cause they're like, Oh, if you just let Dallas sit back and you don't get a pass rush on him, then they'll just burn you there. Cause if you give Dak time to throw, he's going to find somebody. And that's what was happening a lot. So teams are like, Oh, we'll blitz to yeah. get pressure on him. But when you blitz, it puts man to man in the back in the backfield and Dallas can gash you too. So how do you avoid that? You find a way to get pressure with four men because then you're not blitzing. You're keeping the extra couple guys in the secondary and you're able to cover there. And if you're able to get pressure on that four man, it gives Dak not time to throw and it eliminates the secondary. Well, when did that, when you take advantage of utilizing a run game, if they're only having four men go, you think, right. You think, right. But Jerry Jones is so adamant in starting his $60 million five-year contract. Zeke, who has a torn PCL, that we couldn't get any run game established. And that's why all year you saw Dallas fans crying for Tony Pollard because it was, it was so obvious when Pollard was in versus Zeke. Zeke, he'd get a 15-yard run maybe once every 20 carries. And most of the time he'd end, his, he'd end the day with 18 carries for 60 yards, which just isn't good enough. And Pollard would come in and he'd be electric. He'd be fast. He'd be change of direction. He could get out of those. He could get, but, you know, a free, but let's be honest, Hayden, do you honestly think that it's a running back issue and not a often you're it's clear that your offensive line pass oh, yeah, blocks yeah, yeah. way better than you run block. I think it's a, it's a mix of both. I mean, obviously Zeke isn't cut out for a one man show workload anymore. If we did some kind of, no. I mean, I don't even think we should keep Zeke at this point. I love him. He's a great, he's a great player. He was great for us for a couple of years, but you know, it's, it's a young man league. It's a league for, for dynamic, exciting running backs in a, in a committee system. You see with San Francisco, Jeff Wilson and, uh, and uh, you know, he most for a lot of the year before he got hurt. And uh, I can't think of the Eli dudes, Mitchell, Eli Mitchell off the top of my head. Yeah. Him, you know, those quick guys, you don't have to be like the best running back in history, but like if it's a change of pace, if you did a bunch of guys in there, it works. And with our offensive line, people have to stop pretending that Dallas has one of the best offensive lines in the league. They had that in 2016. You had it in 2014, both of those years when we were, uh, 12 and 14 in, in, in 2014 and then 13, three, number one seed in 2016, great offensive lines, great run game, blah, blah, blah. But we got to stop pretending we have that. There's no more Travis Frederick. He's retired. Zach Martin's still pretty good. He's still making the pro bowl. He's elite. Tyron Smith is a shell of himself. He gets injured all the time. Lyle Collins, Connor Williams, penalties galore, not even worth how good they are. Cause they get so many penalties and they're not going to run blocking in the first place. I don't get the problem. And that's a lot. A lot of people are like, Oh, the Cowboys are so good. Cause they have a great line and great run game. That's a lot of like, you know, like, like the casuals say, but we don't, we have an awful line and we have an awful run game. And it was so apparent in the San Francisco game that those two issues were what killed us. Cause even, you know, without Nick Bosa for the majority of the game, without Fred Warner for like half the game, the Niners were still able to get four man pressure. And then they dropped back in the secondary and Dak just either didn't have time to do anything, or it's just so tough to find open man. And then when we did get a good play, 
the penalties came, you know, every first down we'd maybe get a little gain and then a penalty. And it's like, I feel like half of our second downs or first downs were either first and 15 or second and 20. Like we were behind the sticks. Like at least it seemed a third or half the time the game was just puts you behind your natural football schedule. And then you're not going to succeed that way. You know, you're trying to force things against a fast, uh, fast pass rush. That's putting pressure on you. And there's just going to be mistakes. And obviously it came with the one interception that one play later led to a Debo touchdown. And that's what mostly put the game out of reach for us. So you know, and I can get into the penalties later, but I'll let you guys talk for a second. But there's there was a ton of glaring no. issues the Cowboys had this year. And people, I mean, people like all over social media and, and analysts acknowledged everything. Like we do get a bad pass rush or a bad uh, pass defense or offensive line. We do we had a bad running game, but whether it was Mike McCarthy or Jerry Jones decisions to keep him in because those players got paid a lot of money, I don't know. But there's obviously some issues, some nepotism at the top, and uh, and just some glaring, glaring fundamental issues with the Cowboys coaching and ownership-wise that we've known for a decade now. But in every year, it's going to get into the spotlight, and then next year we'll have hope again because we'll make a decent draft pick. I don't know. But um, but I, I, don't, I would have to – this is a stretch, and I know these guys aren't playing for them and all this, but the Michael Irvins and the Skip Baylesses of the world need to shut the hell up. They just need to shut I mean, up. Yeah. Michael Irvin was in the middle of the year on first take. I remember watching the episode saying, get your Super Bowl tickets. Like, we're going. No one in the NFC is messing with us. Well, guess what? You had a 10-7 and Niners team that was bad in the beginning and then came back. I get that they were good. They can ground and pound the ball. They can run the ball all day. They could beat any team right now probably. And Mm -hmm. they are a very underrated team. I mean, they got that – they got a tough defense. And they've been Kyle Shanahan's office – or offenses have been just ground and pound in the playoffs, but they're not that great of a team. This team was not ready. I just, they didn't look ready. It was kind of embarrassing as an NFC East fan to look at the Cowboys and say, all right, this team is the reason why we can't beat them is because they should be the better team, but they weren't. And I think the media, and it's a stretch. They're not playing. I get that. But the media that, that the Cowboys get, it's just too much. And I think as a fan, you should be pissed. No, I think, I mean, I agree with the with the skips and I mean, and Stephen A's on, it's on the opposite of the spectrum, but it still works yeah. because that's, he's so exaggerated. He gets, you know, it gets the clicks and what it does is, you know, the players, you know, they're not going to admit they watch it and they get influenced by it, but they do. And what it does is it just puts a kind of a bubble and a cloud above all their players heads that, Hey, we're actually pretty good despite how bad we play. It's just that we played bad. And it was kind of adamant after every, I mean, every single loss we had down the stretch, you know, Dak and Zeke and all those guys were on the, on, on the press conferences and to the media saying, you know, we know what kind of team we have. We're a good football team. Just wait till the playoffs, wait until we get our time to shine. We'll prove y'all wrong. Like they were all about that. And though it was, again, like I said, glaringly obvious, there was problems with this team. And, you know, I think Michael Irvin should yeah. shut the crap up. I think Stephen A. Smith should shut up. Skip Bayless shut up because all it does is bring attention to the Cowboys. That's unneeded. I mean, and all it does is make people hate us more because one, we're stealing the national spotlight uh, like 50, 30% of the time. And if we suck, it just means people are disliking us 50 to 30% of the time they're watching TV, which is way too high. Like put all that energy into the Jaguars, like a team that actually sucks or something. I don't know. But um, if they put all their energy in the Jaguars and like, you know, Skip Bayless became, became a Jaguars homer and Stephen A. Smith was a Jaguars hater, you know, maybe people would hate the Jaguars a lot more than the Cowboys and they'd be America's team. But but you're uh, you're Dallas. I mean, regardless yeah. of whether you're terrible or amazing, you're just you're always going to be at in the spotlight because yeah. you are Dallas. I mean, it, Dallas draws attention whether they're 0 and 16 or 16 and 0. I mean, that's just who they are. 
Yeah. I mean, um, they, they, yeah. they earned that right. I get, I mean, it was before my time. I was born in 2000. I'm only 21. I wasn't born in the seventies or the nineties and got to experience all that. And that's when they became, you know, America's team, you know, child of the media, loved by the media. So it was all kind of before my time, but like, geez, like, like lay off a bit. I mean, if I want to look up, you know, if like a player got injured on the, on the Bengals and I want to look it up, see what, how that would impact their upcoming matchup. And I looked it up on YouTube. There's not going to be a single video about it. But if I looked up, Oh, Micah Parsons or Dak Prescott hurt his little finger in practice. I Google that. There's going to be 80 talk shows talking about it, how it's going to affect our matchup. And that stuff I honestly get tired of. I don't know. I don't you know, know who I think is a great comparison. Dallas is a lot like the Yankees right now. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're in the spotlight. You have all this talent, all this money, and you can't do anything when you get to the postseason. And that's exactly who the Yankees are. I mean, you have they're always talked about. Everyone hypes them up. Oh, look, you got the the bombers, and and they get out there and they can't do anything. Is because there's a glaring issues that do not want to get handled that mm-hmm. need to. And then they keep re-signing. They then then they sign another contract to uh, what's his name? Their manager. Uh, yeah. Boone. Boone. It's like, come on, like, don't you not see that this talent is here? And I hate to say it every time. Like at Dallas Cowboys, I think almost every year, the Eagles play them. I'm like, all right, they're a better team. But the same reason goes. Yeah, they, they beat the crap out of us this year, the second game. I'm not going to count, obviously. But, yeah, um, yeah they're the better – they got talent on that team. I mean, the, look at their wide receivers. I mean, you had three fantasy football studs on just one team. You had Zeke that goes off randomly. You had – and you could say Dak is a big reason too. But isn't that the reason why Jerry Jones paid Dak all that money was mm-hmm. to win playoff games? He's not winning them. Yeah. And, I mean, this game – when it comes to Dak, you know, he's now one in three in playoff games. It's the same record Tony Romo had after his first, uh, like, six seasons as a Cowboy. So, we're, I mean, I mean, and then when Dak Prescott was, you know, not a rookie, but after his second or third year, people are like, this is going to be Tony Romo 2.0. You know, a top 10, arguably quarterback for most of his career in the NFL, but it's just not, he's not there. He's not fully there. And I think Dak has the makings to be really good. And I think the playoff game wasn't a reflection on who he is personally, because a lot of that came down. I mean, I mean, I think everybody can admit Mike McCarthy had one of his worst games ever. And all season we were saying he was going to cost us a playoff game. And who knows, first first playoff game of his Dallas Cowboys tenure, he comes out and ruins our playoff game. But I'd argue it's mostly his fault. And Dak had a, you know, he had a poor game as well. And there was a lot against the odds for him. And uh, and that there's a really good analysis on the athletic, if you haven't read it yet, um, that basically kind of goes through it. Basically, it kind of like synopsis was it wasn't Dak's fault, but he certainly didn't help the case. Um but it was just an awful game. I mean, I mean, and like you look at the penalties in the first place, which we talked about earlier, that on itself is discipline, undisciplined play. And that's what cost them the win primarily. I mean, they extended four San Francisco drives. They ended like three Cowboys drives on penalties. The first play of the entire game was a defensive encroachment penalty on Randy Gregory. And it's like the first play of the game of a playoff game at home. That should be, you're the most dialed in of any time all season. And you get an encroachment penalty. Like, or a neutral zone, whatever it was, you know, like, like that's unacceptable. It just is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think Dak is basically just Russell Wilson, like how he was at the beginning, but with yeah. a worse defense and not as good of a coach. Yeah. I well, mean, probably you go from, well, actually you go from the worst defense in the NFL to one. I mean, you got to give props to um, Dan Quinn, the old Falcon, Dan Quinn, the old Falcons coach, man, or, 
Yeah, Falcons coach. Then he was with the League of Zoom or League of Boom, right? Yeah, it was the Legion Dan of Bloom, Quinn. and then the Falcons. Yeah. Oh yeah, Legion of Boom, and Dan Quinn's the uh, he's he seemed like he turned that team around, and like I'll give them credit. That defense, Michael Parsons, um, Dexter Lawrence isn't still on the team, is he? And then you DeMarcus. got Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence. Sorry, DeMarcus and then, yeah, um, he is. Yeah, he is. Oh, sorry, but behind the linebackers, there's nothing really to to applaud. Dallas's defense. Nah, I mean, yeah. uh, Jaron Curse was a was a was a nice addition this year, and Diggs, despite his yardage, he did get eleven interceptions. So there's something. Vandalesh, but, uh, Vandalesh but probably won't be a Cowboy. If you're targeted hundred times, uh, hey, and I would hope you get a couple picks. Well, yeah, they target him hundred times because he's bad, but he does get picks. I mean, if, it, I mean, if there if every player who got targeted eighty to hundred times got ten picks, you'd see it a lot more often. But he was the first player to get. 11 picks since uh, Everson Walls back in like maybe the 80s. Maybe they need to put him back in wide receiver. I'm almost, I'm almost I mean, 99% sure you could put Devontae Adams at corner for a year and he'd get 11 picks. He could give up a bunch of yards, but he'll get 11 picks. Well, yeah. I mean, Trayvon Diggs trains with Stephon, so he's probably just a receiver more than a cornerback. Yeah. Well, Nick Saban thought uh, he was a receiver, Trevon. Um, yeah, he converted Bama. So I mean I don't know I'm not gonna get in the Diggs argument there's there's two sides to it I don't think he's the best corner in the world but he's opportunistic and he gives us more possession so there's nothing I'll complain about there but um, yeah. our our safeties aren't the best thing in the world and there's still work to do in that secondary but our pass rush was decent our linebacking core was really good with uh with with Micah Parsons but I don't know but jumping you know we're talking about Dan Quinn Mike McCarthy what do y'all think in the odds of him staying head coach for the Cowboys going into the next season obviously there's been some talk already. There's been some people within the Dallas organization saying they're hearing rumblings that he's not going to be coached. There's Mike McCarthy himself saying he's had positive conversations and it's looking like he is going to remain as the head coach. What do y'all think um, from, I don't know, your heads, your sources, whatever that that's telling you if he's going to stay or not. Well, uh, if Jason Garrett was as coach as he was for as long, yeah, uh, when she yep. shouldn't have been, then Mike yep. McCarthy yep. can go yep. nowhere. Yeah, yeah, the Cowboys yeah. are wide out. It's just like the Yankees, I think. I mean, Jerry Jones doesn't yeah. really look like he messed up. He made the wrong hire. You know, so no, he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be here another two or three years, unfortunately, Hayden. Yeah, I yeah. think. I mean, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he yeah, but his time management throughout the season too. He won a Super Bowl for for Green Bay, so. Aaron Rodgers won. He didn't win a Super Bowl for Green Bay. Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Are we did. sure about it? Because it seems like Aaron Rodgers still struggles to win the NFC Championship game even after McCarthy left. So it's we'll not Aaron Rodgers. Doing no, it's fine. I don't know, we'll but I th- I think, and it's what I've been saying for I can, probably ever since Dax got here, and I've really paid attention to Cowboys football at least since twenty like fourteen. I don't think we're winning a Super Bowl until Jerry Jones, you know. <laughs> You know, croaks. Well, it, it's got to get out of until he Jones hits the dirt. Almost a Jerry Jinx. It's like a Jerry Jinx in the last twenty-five. Years. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. do not think we're winning a Super Bowl until Jerry's gone. Which means he's going to be gone until Dak he's gone. Prescott, gone. If that's I, a real I, I, I sure hope we get Dak Prescott. I mean, if we got a young coach, I, I, I feel like he'd get he take this. But I don't. I don't. Dak. Yeah, I don't know. I really like for him to get a ring, but he just seems like he's not. Not that he's not a caliber, but he's just not going to have the circumstances put in place for him to even have the chance at a ring. Because this year, yeah. this year was our best year to win a Super Bowl in the last five years. Our defense is the best it's been, I don't know, since 20, 2007 or something. Like it's it's been a way better defense than what we're used to. Our offense of roster was stacked yeah. this year, and now this year going into you know the restructured cap after COVID and Dax Prescott, his contract's going to take over some initiative. We're going to have to make some tough decisions, whether it's you know cutting Zeke and taking money, cutting Cooper and drafting another receiver. Um, we got like a list of like 20 free agent guys, a lot of whom are 
not, you know, stars, but very important. You know, Dalton Schultz, Randy Gregory, Brian Anger, uh, Jerron Curse, they're all set to be free agents. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael Gallup, you know, um, I think Cedric Wilson, all those know. kind of guys, you know, we're going to have to eliminate some guys and hopefully hit in the draft. We're not really a big free agency team. So this was our year to win it because we had a super healthy roster compared to a lot of NFC teams that the league this year was more wide open than usual. I mean, more so on the AFC side, but even on the NFC side, Green Bay looked beatable. Tampa was like, is, is currently down a bunch of players. And I wouldn't be surprised if LA walked into there and beat them this weekend. But Dallas didn't take advantage of it. And Jerry Jones said after the game that with this much talent and this much health, this is a disappointing end of the season. And if a coach, you know, or if, think, a, if an owner says that, I think the head coach is out the door. But from what I'm hearing, it's not going to happen. I think history likes to repeat itself. And in, in this case, I'm not going as far back, but I think you're you just got Tony Romo right yeah, back on yeah. your team. I think yeah. I mean, that that's who you have. You have. Romo, I'm not saying the same style of player. I'm just saying the same type of deal. You're going to be career. good. Nothing great. You're never going to win a Super Bowl because he won't He won't be able to do it. Yeah. And he, he's going to be a great player. You'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, Romo, he did he did good things for us, but by no means is he the best we've ever had, and that's kind of what you're looking at with that. Yeah, I just, don't, yeah, it's we have to, I just don't understand the regular season success, yet absence of playoff success. I mean, there's been a ton of stuff thrown out since this loss that you've seen online, but – it's like, if, oh, there was one like in the last 20 years, the, this amount of playoff wins every team has. And like, you know, there's, you know, the Patriots had like 35 and the Packers are like, like 17 in the last two decades. And the Cowboys are all the way like at like 28th place with like two or yeah, three, whatever there it is. Were three. Tied, I remember that. There were, you know what I mean? yeah. It was like tied for 25th. Yeah. And like only below them was like the Lions and uh, the Jets, yeah. the, the Jets were above them too. It was probably like the Lions, Washington, and, uh, I don't know. I guess I guess the Browns and Bengals were probably down there too, but um, yeah. And there's also other guys like oh, the most amount of regular season wins in the last two decades. The Cowboys like number nine on that list, and every team ahead of them have won a Super Bowl or at least been to one in the last yeah. decade. And then like the five teams below him have also been to or won a Super Bowl in the last two decades. And Dallas is that one team in the middle that's like hasn't even made a championship game, but they that's win. Birds, baby. They win it that one of, year. Yeah, we all have two I'll years in the last year. two decades. You've made two Super Bowls in the last two decades, which I think is yeah. what this was pulling from. But the, yeah, the Eagles were yeah. up there too. So and they're up in playoff wins too. They were at fourteen. Yeah, they were up in like the top twelve or fifteen, wherever it was. I can't think about the top twelve. But well, we just stay miserable. <laughs> yeah, y'all have your spurts, but then you just go down to mediocrity. Where if Dallas just stays right here, all yeah. the time, we just stay right level. Pretty good, but not awful enough to get a good draft pick, but not really good enough to be a Super Bowl contender. We're just sitting right there. That's where the eight and eight memes come from. It's where we sit at. At this point, y'all really don't even have a glimmer of hope. It's just like, you know, this is this is how we are. This is this is what we do. Yeah, I think a lot of Cowboys fans, especially after this game, have just kind of accepted it at this point. That's why my dad texted me. It was like, hey, or called me. It's like, hey, we need a second team. We need someone to be happy for if they win. And that's gonna, you know, be the Bengals. I'm cheering for the Bills in the AFC as well, you know. Let's hope somebody wins. Anybody other than Brady or uh, or Mahomes? Nothing against Rod- Mahomes, but we've seen it twice. I don't even want to see Rodgers win. Yeah, I don't want to see Rodgers win. Yeah, but let's get to you, Charlie. Your your Eagles face the Tampa Bay Bucks in the wild card round, and y'all also uh, knocked off. We'll get into this really quickly. We got ten minutes left in this segment. I just got a nice little notification from Zoom, but uh, let me just hear the Eagles real quick, and we'll get into game picks after it. Yeah, real quick, we'll go. We'll run through the season was. Um... I think it was Nick Sirianni's job one um, going forward. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it was also a big 
bonus season for Miles Sanders because Eagles fans and uh, deservingly doubted him, uh, but he had injury problems, so on and so forth. And then yeah. another positive I can take away is how great that pick was for uh, <laughs> Maltala. Jordan Maltala is going to be a, is a huge stud. And yeah. Kelsey yeah. getting up there in age, and he's another stud. Um, but Dickerson, I think that he was like the most proficient um, football player, Landon Dickerson of the week, like as an off yeah. top yeah. three, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. So offensive line's looking great. But I think Devontae Smith is going to turn into another Odell. He's going to want to get out of there. He's going <laughs> to want to leave. We don't have – Jalen Hurts can't throw the football. I mean – Let's face it, he overthrew, he underthrew. And then Jalen, my last thing of the year is Jalen Riker better be working at McDonald's because he's worthless. <laughs> I agree. He, that was the worst. Howie Roseman, that was the worst draft pick in probably NFL history. You had a shot at Justin Jefferson. Justin then. Jefferson. I <laughs> I commented on Barstool Sports, and I yeah. did an at Philadelphia Eagles. Why did we pick? Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. I don't get it. I don't know why. And it's just like Howie, Howie's going to stay, though, as GM just because he got those three picks in the first round next year and we made the playoffs somehow. So I mean, he's going mean, to – The Carson Wentz, the Carson Wentz trade seemed to work out pretty well. But other than that um, – I mean, But Howie's been a terrible draft. I mean, he picked up J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over DK Metcalf. No, I mean you, you know it's bad when like the Cowboys and the, the Cowboys and Washington. It was New York two fans years cheer. in a row. We cheer like I think every year it's the same like Dave Gilman for the for the Giants. Although I think he actually resigned recently, but um I can't I can't remember what his status is. But like when Howie Roseman continues to be y'all's you know up and up in the Eagles Draster. staff, yeah, everybody else is happy. Like I'm happy when he is when he's staying with the Eagles because I'm like yeah, it just he doesn't they're know going to make stupid decisions every year. And at least for the Cowboys, our one glimmer of hope is Will McClay. He's our, our scouting analyst guy, and he's amazing in the draft. Like, we always hit in the draft. Like, we rarely have a bad draft besides the J.J. Watt uh, or the T.J. Watt miss when we drafted uh, it's whatever his name yeah, was. but you don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. That's like tough I say, one. you don't know, but Jalen freaking Rager. I mean, over Justin Jefferson. People didn't even like, wait, Jalen Rager, what? Who did he I play I thought he was a third-round TCU guy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like when, we got him. In the clip of what is it, the Vikings Man. staff when they're like cheered when y'all drafted him, it's yeah. like oh. and Doug Peterson was laughing. Yeah, they were they were laughing. Anything about it? <laughs> Doug Peterson was the coach at the time. He was laughing. Yeah, at it, Howie Roseman. Yeah, it's like when they're when they're literally when the, I think it was the Vikings. They were waiting to see what y'all did, and then as soon as y'all drafted Jalen Rager, they're like, "Get yeah. Justin Jefferson on the phone. Get him on the phone right now. We're picking him." You know, it was and then Jalen Rager just I don't even want to talk about the game like. It was embarrassing enough, but to see Jalen Rager after having like negative yards reception all year <laughs> as a first round overall pick, or not overall, but like a first round first pick, round, yeah. To have so he's been awful. He's like he, and then he muffs the punt, and then Philly fans are going out his head. But it, he's been embarrassing all year, regardless. It was just a bad and game. I think Devontae Smith is going to want to leave. It's going to be well, like Charlie. another Odell. I know this. You have those those draft picks this year, and I'm gonna tell you this: if Philly with like I don't know their second or third draft pick in the first round, if they if you hear the name Drake London get called and not Garrett Wilson as your receiver, 
then just mm-hmm. expect the exact same thing with Jalen Rager because that's exactly what you'll get. So if they I don't pick want another London, terrible slot. I need a big receiver that can make plays. Yeah. You're gonna need. You're gonna. I think if you pick Wilson, you're gonna be very pleased. Unless you know, you keep Hurts for very much longer because we all we all like you said we all know he can't throw the ball. But, <laughs> According uh, to today, though, Jalen Hurts is our guy. So I'm just gonna have to look I, for I, that. I, I, I mean, I think I think y'all give him one more year and then just see what happens. But that's what I do. We're not gonna yeah, win anything. So. Yeah. Whatever. Well, well, we have Go five ahead. minutes left, so I'm going to jump into game picks. But, yeah, the yeah. Eagles, they'll be – I mean, you know, we'll bicker. It's Cowboys-Eagles. It's always fun stuff. Yeah. It's... We'll jump into game picks. Um, Chris, you're in last. I'll have – or actually, no. We'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do order. So, I'm first, so I'll go first. Um, if you don't know the order, uh, the rankings, it's on social media. But or I need to post it for from our picks last week. But Hayden, myself, I lead 58 to 38. Liam is in second, 53 to 43. And Chris brings up the rear – 50 to 46 so it's still all to play for there's still definitely some shifting around in first to second or second to third that could happen if people go oh and four four and oh we'll see what happens but uh i'll pick first uh first game of the week 49ers packers um we didn't talk about it in the show and we could have gotten to it but the 49ers and packers it's a game that we've seen a few years ago in the nfc championship game the uh, the 49ers ran all over the packers and aaron Rodgers fell out and Rodgers is oh and three all time against the packers in the postseason but this one's in lambeau I'm feeling the Packers. Jimmy G didn't play that good. You know, he didn't play good at all against the Cowboys. It was mostly just the undoings of the Cowboys that cost them that uh, that win and allowed the Niners to win. So I'm going to go with the Packers in Lambeau and make a third straight NFC championship. Liam, what are you thinking? Uh, pack, Tay Adams. Tay Adams, Pack. Chris, how are you going? Um, Aaron Rodgers probably won't lose to the NFC championship game, so he'll have a – He'll have a good game against San Fran. He's uh, San Fran's not playing the same kind of uh, easy kind of mm-hmm. matchup they had last week, just because they didn't. You know, you're facing <laughs> somebody like Rodgers, who's a superstar, and you know he's going to get a win <laughs> before it's big time. So I'll yeah. go with uh, Pack. righty. Rams Buccaneers. I am going to. Uh, this one was tough. I-, I think the Rams have it in them to win, especially after their big performance against Arizona in LA. This one's in Tampa Bay, though. Tom Brady's. You know, he doesn't have Antonio Brown. Doesn't have CJ Goodwin, but uh, or Godwin. But they will have a shot, as you know, as any team with Tampa with Tom Brady as their quarterback, they'll have a shot. And I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. You don't bet against them at least this early in the playoffs. So, Tom Brady winning at home against the Rams. Sorry, Matthew Stafford, but uh, your playoffs end here. And uh, they go to the NFC Championship game. Liam, how are we feeling? Sean McVay and the Rams are going to win. All righty. I do like that. I do like that pick a lot, but I'm going to be a little safe here. But, Chris, how are you feeling? I personally think this will be probably one of the most controversial games since the Rams-Saints. Oh, wow. Uh, I think it's just the perfect uh, perfect uh, storm to have a controversial game because you have Brady involved trying to get to the Super Bowl, and then you have a team that's ta- very talented like the Rams. Um, so I'm just I'll, – I'll go with the Bucks, but I, th- mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some controversy to follow this game. All righty. We'll fly through these AFCs. we got two minutes left on the time. So uh, I'm going to go Bengals-Titans. I'm going with the Bengals here. I like Joe Burr. I like him in this spot. T- uh, t- uh, the Titans have rested a lot. Derrick Henry's back for his first game, I believe. I don't think – if he's playing – since his injury, and who knows how rusty he'll be. But I'm going to go with the Bengals on the – to be, you know, the shock team of the year. Let's go to the AFC Championship game and just make the Cowboys look like an even worse franchise than they already are. So, I'm going with the Bengals. Chris, how are you feeling? Is it Liam's pick? Or Liam, 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 Liam. 
Ain't a shock to me. Joe Burrow's the GOAT. Go Bengals. Chris, you got the sweatshirt on. Oh, uh, I got the sweatshirt on. You got on. the Bengals sweatshirt on right now. Is that? And I'd, love to, I'd love to pick him. <laughs> but, but he's not. I, I know how hair. motivated Ryan, uh, Mike Vrabel is to get to the Super Bowl and land. That's very true. And I know that this dude would do anything to win one because he knows what it's like to, to win one as a player, and I think he really wants it as a coach. Mm-hmm. Henry's back. And uh, I think people underestimate their defense. So I, I'll say the, the Titans get the win. All righty. And last game, a rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. Bills visiting the Chiefs. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen coming off like one of the best postseason performances we've ever seen a quarterback do. But uh, Josh Allen, the Chiefs, I'm going with Josh Allen and the Bills this game. I'm liking the upset. I'm liking the Bills. Bills, Bengals, AFC Championship game. This has, I just know it's probably going to be the Chiefs Titans. I'm going to get both of these wrong, but this is the fun choice. And I like the fun choice. So I'm going to go with the Bills upsetting the Chiefs and winning um, in Arrowhead. I want the Bills to win, but since you picked them, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. All right, Chris, give me your pick and I'll do the outro. We got less than a minute left. Okay. Um, really, really great game. Probably the best game we're going to see in the post. I'd agree. Best game. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Bills. I I, I think they're 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 gunning for it. All righty, I like the picks, guys. Well, good luck to everybody. Uh, me and Liam got two separate games, so we'll see how that does at the top of the leaderboards. And Chris is trying to bring up the rear. Well, we're running out of time, so uh, that's gonna do it for us on the show. Again, Chris, Liam, thank you for joining. Charlie as well, thanks for joining on to this show, uh, being the guest appearance. It must have been pretty easy to do it on uh, on Zoom as a guest rather than you know coming to the station. But hopefully, we're back at the station soon, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please go on our social media, give us a follow and check out our stuff on there. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, all those above, mostly on Instagram though. So check us out there at off the bench XLR. Again, Instagram is our primary platform that is at off the bench XLR. Look for quotes, video clips, and uh, game pick results and all the fun stuff from the show on there as well. Again, at off the bench XLR. And if you didn't get a chance to catch this whole episode and want to listen to, uh, to all our other episodes for previous three seasons of off the bench, Check out our podcast network. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to your shows. Just look up Off the Bench, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. That's going to do it for that's going to do it all for us this show. Remember to stay in the game and off the bench, and have a good night. Mm-hmm.